Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast, everybody. I'm your host, and I'm just dumb enough to be doing this. I've brought a wonderful guest today, and the voice of the audience for this particular episode, since I'm going to be doing most of the topping. Say hello to my wonderful, beautiful, amazing, and supportive wife, Dana. Hi. You realize you said topping, not talking? I didn't, but thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's a good way to start an episode. I thought so. <laughs> Yes, talking. I am good at the talking, and I'm going to be doing a lot of that today. And I'll point out all of his mistakes. Yeah. That's per usual. That's the standard in our, our marriage, right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you for being my first co-host. You're welcome. Yeah, nobody's ever been on the mic with me before. They're always on the other side talking at me. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, we got a lot of listener questions. I kind of wrote them down for you so that you could ask them, though I did forget people's names on these. But we will go in uh, no particular order, and we'll just kind of use the general spirit of the question that people ask. Okay, well, let's start off with, what do you use to record? Yeah, I got a lot of that. Um, my mic is just a Blue Yeti X. It's just a pretty standard podcast mic. My audio expert had told me it was pretty on par with the rest of what most people use, though I did just get a new mic, and I'll have to try that out once I get the whole system hooked up. And I record it to Audacity. A lot of my different interviews are recorded through Zoom using their system, but I edit everything in Audacity, and then I clean it up in a program called Acid, which just looks a lot cleaner than Audacity for anyone who's familiar with it. Audacity is a very free program, and it operates much like a very free program. Oh, okay. Well, that definitely went into the second question, which is what do you use to edit? And do you write a script for your episodes? I, I don't write a script for the episodes. I try to jot down questions that I would have for my guests in advance or any questions that people send me. I've had quite a few of those. I do, however, have to like bullet point and script my intros and outros, because otherwise I don't know how to talk like a human being. I can vouch for that. <laughs> he definitely does script those. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, they are very scripted, because otherwise I'm just like, hey, it's a show, and people are here, and I think you're listening, and this is how we talk to humans. What are we talking about? What is my episode? I don't even know what I'm doing here. <sighs> so yeah, I do script those pretty heavily. <laughs> Yeah, no, you've, there's been a few mornings where you're just sitting there writing. Yeah, like 9am when I need to be asleep. Yeah, and yeah. I'm in the background yelling at him to go to sleep. Well, you know, I work that uh, wonderful, wonderful job that I have from 3pm sometimes into 3am. So that is my nappy time. And a lot of times I'm up uh, recording these episodes or doing the editing for them in that period of time. Nappy time? Yes, my nappy time. Or take nappy naps. Okay. <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> What's the hardest part about doing the interview? Uh, the hardest part, other than just having to get acquainted with a million different topics, because any given expert can be, you know, an expert on something I don't know anything about at all. So I have to look up enough information to know that they are an expert, one, and then, two, have the right questions to ask. Because some of these interviews that I go into, if I have the wrong question, they just stare at me like I'm an idiot, which I am, but they just stare at me. That's really, that's a question that you had? I'm like, I don't know, what do people ask? So that's hard. Um, the other thing that's real hard is if it's a topic I actually do know about in real life. I have a hard time not acknowledging that I have some level of information on it. Because I've had people speak, you know, on different topics, and I won't say what I have done outside of this because it's not important to the audience of the show, but I do know things like a normal human being has heard news before, and so sometimes it's very hard not to interject like that because I'm trying to be a good audience surrogate and ask the questions that they'd want to ask or ask, you know, what you wouldn't know or run into. And so it's very hard not to be like, oh yeah, this one time when I was working with cold fusion lasers, you know, some dumb thing like that. 
Uh, who would be your dream guest? I have a lot of dream guests. I should address that this was never where I thought the show was going to be. When I started the show, I thought it was going to be, you know, your average Joe in every working day careers, which I do want to do still. But I got like three interviews deep and then suddenly was talking to people who were CEOs and like 30 year specialists of obscurely or very obscure fields. And I'm like, okay, well, you are definitely an interesting guest and I will probably not get this opportunity if I don't do this interview now. So I have kind of foregone like my everyday career guests in favor of very niche guests that have very extreme experiences. And it's something I'd like to get back to. But at the same time, I have dream guests. Like, I would love to speak to anyone who is the leader of a country, former or current. It has nothing to do with any political measure. I just think it's insane to run ever... Run a country? Yeah, to run a country. Like, how do you even comprehend that level of things? If I try and run two people's lives, I'd lose my brain, so... Trying to run your infrastructure and your laws and whatever else might be going on with foreign and domestic disturbances. Like, it's a pretty crazy job, and there's very few people that get to do it in history, you know, much less in each person's lifetime. Yeah, I'd be really good at multitasking, probably. Yeah, you'd probably have to be real good at multitasking. Which, sometimes you're not. Um, yeah, it's super dependent. I got the ADD, as the doctors would say, so I am not a very good focus person. No, you are not. But I'd also love to talk to, like, just people that I really admire what they do, like, things that I enjoy in my private life, where I'm like, I love the band I Prevail, and I'd love to do an interview with those guys. Granted, obviously, for all of these dream guests, I need a much higher level of clout than I currently have. But I'd love to do an interview with them and just be like, I love your music. Please talk about it. <laughs> Casper Van Dyne would be a real good one. He plays my all-time favorite character of any movie or TV show, Johnny Rico. What's it from, Dana? Uh, Starship Troopers. There it is. Starship Troopers. I almost said Stormtroopers. I'm like, that's way not it. I want to have to berate you in the middle of the <laughs> <an> interview. <laughs> How dare you? I know the difference. Like, you go past your bedtime, we're getting close to my bedtime. Yes, and thank you for staying over on your bedtime to to do this with us. So if I get a little bit wonky, because I'm tired. Yeah, you are tired. Well, I think that's a, that's a good dream list right there. Some kind of president or prime minister or something. A really good band. And a movie star, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd consider him a star. I've gone out of my way to collect, like, the original film cell or, you know, <laughs> autograph or whatever. So it's, it's a movie star to me. Uh, and that's what matters. Matters to me. Um, any guests or topics you would avoid? Yeah. After doing my interview with Michael Stein, who is a great guest, I'm not saying I would avoid him. He's an amazing person. But he talked about doing an interview with someone who survived the Holocaust. And while that's an amazing story and something that is rapidly dwindling out of existence, I just don't think myself or the show has a good place for it. Is it that it's just a really dark topic? Well, it is really dark. And while I've done some, like, I've done a heavy episode before, I just don't think it fits quite with the show and the audience that I'm trying to build. Like, it's an amazing topic, but there are lots of podcasts out there that specialize in things like that. So, you know, go to a, a World War II podcast, or there is probably a podcast out there that talks with Holocaust survivors. They're going to do it much better than me. And I just don't feel like it's very respectful to bring them on a show about, you know, asking dumb questions for people that don't know it, and trying to interrupt their story to ask questions about it, I feel like I'd rather hear that story in a narrative rather than in an interview. Okay, that makes sense. 
And that's what Michael Stein did as far as what he had said on my show was like, I just let him talk because he said if I interrupted him, I knew he'd lose the flow and he'd lose this amazing story. I was like, well, I let people talk on my show, but at that point I'm not asking questions either. Yeah. So it's like I'm not being very true to my show and I'm not being very true to my audience and it's not outside reason other than just like I think other people can do it so much better than me that there's there's no reason for me to attempt it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Why do you always say let's before the interview? I've gotten this one a couple times, both live and through like emails. People that have met me have asked and people that have listened to the show have emailed to ask. Like, why do I have these statements that say like, let's hit it rich or just any kind of a let's statement, which I always have before every show and I'm going to continue to do until people tell me to knock it off. And that's because it feels more inclusive. Like, I don't want you to feel like you're listening to a show with some idiot asking questions. I want you to feel like you're in it with me. So if I say let's, it's you and I, whoever's listening and myself, let's go through this experience together. And that's a lot of what I try and bring into the spirit of the show. It's just like, I'm going to ask the dumb questions knowing that I'm okay with asking them and a lot of people out there would have the same questions. So I'm not alone in being an idiot and i don't think anyone that's listening wondering about the topic should ever feel like you know they're they're too dumb to comprehend something or like it's going to go over their head so i'm like let me be the dumbest person on the show and the dumbest person who listens and that's okay makes me think of when uh you're in class and someone asks like the teacher teachers will always say ask questions because there's always somebody who probably has the same question as you and it was just, like, working up that courage to be the one to ask in front of everybody, like, not getting that. Yeah, hey, teacher, I don't understand algebra. Please reteach this class. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. I don't want anyone to feel bad for not asking the question or, like, regret not hearing the question. So it's like, if people ask me to ask questions, which several have, I'll ask the question. I don't care if it comes off a little rude or very dumb or you know, whatever level, like, there's at least one person that's going to listen that has the same question. So at that point, it's a valid question. Also, I'm sure it's hard to figure out how to phrase a question and not, like, if you don't know a lot about the topic and you're trying to ask a question, you're like, I don't know how to phrase this question and I feel like it's going to come off rude. That has to be hard to, a hard balance yeah, to find. I mean, there's definitely, like, Trying not to sound super ignorant of whatever the topic is, is a, a weird balance. <laughs> because sometimes I just am genuinely ignorant of whatever they're talking about. And it's because, like, I've looked at it and I thought, ah, you know what, I'm not going to listen to that, or I'm, I don't care about this thing. And it's like, that's fine. I think that's a perfectly okay place to be, because I would expect people that look at my show episodes to say... Like, oh, well, I'm not going to listen to the episode about shaving because I shave perfectly. Okay, don't listen to the episode about shaving. The show isn't a series. Every episode stands on its own, and I would hope you pick the ones you want to listen to and not just listen to everything begrudgingly and grow to hate me over time. <laughs> so, it's a lot of that. But, I, like, again, even if it's rude, perhaps, I don't know the faux pas to ask the question like i'm still gonna ask it because i just don't know i'm just not going to be rude like you're a jerk now put that in a question and answer it for me <laughs> yeah which also i think everyone that's been on the show has been extremely supportive like i don't think i've had anyone on the show who was like your show sucked and i hated this don't ever contact me again like, most people have been like, this was really fun, and I enjoyed it, and here's my, like, personal contact information. And I reach out to a lot of those people, and I like to think that we're growing closer outside of the show. It's like, there's several people that I want to have back on the show, just for different things. Like, Matthew Stapley was a lot of fun. He was my psychic. Yeah, I'd you still talk to him. I do. I Like, I Facebook message him. Message him? <laughs> message. Message him. <laughs> I messenge him a lot. <laughs> I'm uh, supposed to be the tired one that can't talk. <laughs> You're just, supposed to be the awake one. No, I just can't speak. <laughs> uh, no, I'd love to have him back on the show because he's just like super fun to talk to. And I'm sure he has lots of experience that he can speak on. 
Uh, Shane Salk is another really good one. I email back and forth with him very often. He was uh, building an audio narrative. You know, he has the, the show Carcerum, which if you haven't been listening to, you should be listening to. I think it actually just crossed over 30 episodes here recently. And it's an nice. amazing show. It has production quality over and above everything I've ever heard. Like, it's got its own soundtrack, and it's got its own unique voice actors, and they do their own effects. It's really good. So people should be listening to that, especially if you like fantasy or narrative or an audiobook. You should be listening to those. But, like, our conversation just got really so good towards the end that... And I get this with some other people. You get to see like a peek, you know, into their personal lives as to like who they are as people and and how they feel about things. And he's just so genuine. He's just really he's a really nice guy and he's so genuine and he's open and willing to help that like I'd love to have him back on as well. So I have I have some guests like that. Granted I'm trying to keep the show very diverse and always evolving, but I'd love to do some like bonus episodes. And maybe that's what comes into Patreon. You know, I'm pushing, now I've got the Patreon up, and I'd love to have private support to do shows, and I can do private episodes for that group of people. would be really fun, but, uh, you know, just something I'd like to do. Have you ever thought about, um, instead of, like, asking someone, like, in a profession, like, asking maybe about interviewing someone who's in, who's, like, been to prison, or something like that and asked about that experience yeah i mean i'd love to we talked a little bit about like being in prison uh when i was talking to sterling that's right sterling trout we talked a bit about prison and we like got off on some tangents where we definitely like kind of railed on the prison system a bit for being as broken as it is so i'd love to talk about things like that like nothing is off the table necessarily with this show, and I say necessarily because there are some things I will never have someone on to speak for, and I don't want to frame this in, like, the light of current day, but people who are just, like, vaccines cause autism. Like, you you have no evidence you're bringing to the table. You are obviously not an expert, because if you were, you'd be spending your lifetime doing wrong studies, because everything they've ever done has debunked that study. So it's like, I won't have one of those on. So nothing like super hot topic of like the vaccines and... Well, it's not even about that. Like, I'd love to have somebody on that talks just like mRNA vaccines because it's a new technology. And I think that would be very interesting to hear about. But I'm not going to like be letting them have political statements on the show. Yeah. And then there's people like that are just wrong or just kind of a-holes. Or it's been proven that they're wrong Based yeah. in fact. It would be interesting to have a serial killer on the show because I'd love to understand like the psychology from their perspective and things like that. But I wouldn't want somebody who's just like, I love murder. Let me talk about doing murders. Like, no, because you're a bad person. Like, I'm not going to let you talk about murders on the show. <laughs> so things like that. Like, it's pretty niche because it's a very broad show. Okay. Uh, let's see. What other questions are there? follow up on older episodes oh yeah um a lot of people have asked me if i took any of it to heart on any of these episodes where i like learned something did i learn something and did i act on it yes i have on a lot of them frankly do you have something you want to say i was saying you've definitely acted on a few of those especially with the shaving one yeah especially with the shaving one and i think that's like if you're in my social circle that's the one you've probably heard the most about because it was big to me where like yeah i switched from cartridge razor shaving which i preferred wildly over electric i switched entirely to safety razor shaving the traditional wet shave as they refer to it because it's way more comfortable it's just like a way better experience i don't get razor burn like i used to i don't get ingrown hairs like i used to it's just so much better to the point that i bought full kits which Shout out to Douglas, who was my guest for doing the shaving episode. He owns Phoenix Shaving. And so I bought kits from Phoenix Shaving for, like, a bunch of people around Christmas. And I was like, here, I think everyone should be doing this. Here's some shaving kits. Yeah. And one of those was you. Yep. And you don't shave your face. I don't. I shave my legs. 
That arm does. But it works, right? I mean, like, the traditional wet shave works just fine for those things. There's a learning curve to it, because my first time using it, I pressed too hard on my shin. Yeah, you are not supposed to press. (laughs) See, this this is why, even as my wife, you should listen to my episodes. (laughs) I've started quite a few of the episodes, and then I get distracted, and... Because uh-huh. I want to actually pay attention and listen. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, I hear you talk enough every day of my life. I don't need this. But yeah, like, I gave that to, like, Corey and Loop and you. Like, I bought one for myself. Douglas, like, helped me out with all the selection and everything else. He's a super good guy. And it's just, like, it's way more comfortable. And I've, like, I've nicked myself. And then I got aftershave in my razor cuts, and that hurt because I'm not used to aftershave either. But it was all good in the end. Like, I have learned much better how to do it. And I had to use a cartridge razor the other day, and I hated it because I'm like, why is this a thing? I hate going back to this. The cool thing about the kit was that it came with, like, this little brush. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I had a lot of fun when you let me do the soap thing and then, like, put it all over your face. But yeah, because a lot of... <laughs> People have seen old movies, I'm sure, know it, but there's, like, a brush with hairs that you, like, mix into the soap and it makes a foam and then you, like, put it on your face and you shave through that foam, which helps lubricate as well as make your hairs bigger. See? I learn things. But yeah, it's... I don't have to put anything on my face like that. It was fun to just sit there and, like, swirl it on your face. Yeah, you were just doodling on me at first. You were just, yeah, like, was... using it like a paintbrush and then <laughs> slapping me with it. Like... All right, come on, babe. This isn't how this works. It was so much fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I know you did. Um, Let's see. Who else was on the show? Uh, Lane Kawaoka, I think, was one of the most recent guests that I put an episode out for, and he talked about, like, investing. And one of the things he does is run a syndication that is a lot of people investing into properties together to make more money. And while I don't have that kind of finance, what I do have is the ability to use a website called Fundrise. And Fundrise is basically a syndication, like, for flipping houses, except it's for commercial structures, and you just put in whatever you feel comfortable putting in, and it gains, like, an expected percent on your investment. Initially, I put in, like, $500. And this was actually before Lane. I put in like $500 and I just set the account aside so that I wouldn't ever think about it. And I was like, oh, one day this thing will grow and I'll give it to my kids or whatever. And then after listening to him, I went back, took a further look at it, realized that there was other options, put a little more money in, and it does earn a percent. You know, it's like an expected 7% per year, something like that, on the the safe side of the investment, because I know there's an upper side that's like 12 And that's pretty good, even when you compare it to, like, you know, how most people make investments year after year is usually, like, four to five. So, like, seven is pretty good. Yeah. I was pretty happy with that. And I was like, great, I won't really be putting a lot of money into that because I don't trust anything that much that I can't personally get my hands on. But, like, it's a good place to just drop some money and then let it accrue year after year. Kind of like a retirement account, but with, I think, better predicted growth. Okay. Um, let's see. Who else? Carrie was on. She did the Workationing podcast, and so she talked about remote work. And remote work is definitely interesting to me. And I found some really cool job postings. The problem is finding something that I am actually qualified for, because... I have a very weird, diverse spattering of skills, and none of them necessarily dedicate themselves well to remote work. And I I just find it really hard personally, not for any particular reason, but just personally to jump from like a fairly entry-level job, like what I have, to a different entry-level job. Like I I hate being at the lowest point of any totem pole. You gotta start somewhere. I know you do, and I just kind of expected, like, where I work now, no names, but where I work now to, like, have promoted me, you know, because I did a lot to earn a promotion, and then I just never did, and so now I'm looking like, well, I guess this place doesn't value me enough, I'd like to find somewhere else, especially remote would be amazing, because then I could cut the commute out of my life, and that saves a lot of time and money, but uh, it's just hard to be like, 
yeah, you know what, I'm just going to jump over to this other entry-level job that doesn't necessarily make quite as much as what I do now, or makes the same as what I do now, because I know I'll have no experience in it, and I don't want to be the new guy that's really bad at his job and gets fired, and then I have no job. But with every job, they're going to expect like a learning curve and that you'll take some time. Like, when I started mine, I had a huge learning curve. They spent six months training me. And even then, they're like, we don't expect you to be counted as fully trained until a full year. Yeah. And so, yeah, every job has, like, their 90 days, but... Or, like, the 90 days or whatever. Yeah, whatever your training cycle is and your probationary periods and all that. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to get to a point in my life where it's like, either I am my own boss, and I'd love to do that with this show, even if it means, like, I'd love to join a different podcast network. I say different, but I mean any podcast network, because I don't belong to one now. I'd love to join one, and then just work, you know, doing a podcast, even if it's under someone else. Like, that still kind of makes me my own boss, and it's still remote work, and it's something that I enjoy doing. And not just, like, always working at the bottom for someone else's gain. Yeah. I think you should just go for it. And just start a new job. Yeah, to hell with the consequences. <laughs> yeah. I can do that. I got some guests coming up that we'll talk about in a little bit. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about them in a little bit. But uh, maybe after their schedule, like, I can safely change jobs without, like, having to reschedule people that are much more important than me. <laughs> so that I'm like, oh, hey, here's my new schedule and here's how it works out. Which, interestingly, I got a huge bump in the amount of people that were, like, sending emails to be on the show. Because initially it was, like, word of mouth. I had one expert telling another expert, hey, you should be on this show. And that was really cool, and it's given me a lot of really cool guests since then. But now I, like, put out a request for guests, and I had a ton of people. I had, like, 30 different guests write in. And I'm like, well, this will get me more than halfway through the year if I only do one episode a week, which... I'd like to do more, I just have to have the time to do it. Again, with the changing jobs and everything, but... It's so, like, yeah. I, I'd love to make a change, I just have to securely like do it. more pros to making that change than there are cons. You'd think so, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's also, see. being remote, you'd be home with me. Yeah, because you work remote. Yeah. Because, again, listen, everyone listening doesn't know anything about you. It's the first time they're... Well, actually, this is the second time they are hearing your voice. Yep. Because if anyone was paying attention to the DEA episode, I had a super hard time giving an intro, and I just could not, like, come up with something good, and so I actually asked Dana to do an intro for me, and she gave kind of a cool, like, wiretap activated read. You just use your customer service voice and not this speaking voice. Yes, <laughs> that is true. I use my professional voice that I use on the phones. Yeah. Give him a taste. Okay, let me get into the zone. Um, 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 um. Oh, that so does not help. Yeah, got to sit up a little bit straighter for this. Don't stare at me. Sorry, I'll look at the wall <laughs> while you say, "This is my customer service voice" or whatever it is. This is my customer service voice. Yeah, see, it's very different. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know how many people will realize that until just now. Probably no one until just now. Yeah, probably not. But thank you for that, too. You're welcome. Um, Super funny, like, fun fact that happened after that. Like, it was really funny that we opened the show with, like, wiretap activated. Um, Because right after I launched that DEA episode, I got my first two downloads, and I mean within, like, 30 minutes, from Russia. And so it's become this, like, of course the Russian government starts listening to me after I do a DEA episode. And they're like, ooh, a DEA thing. And they download it, and they're feeling all confident. And I, I like to imagine them, like, in a dark room, like, surrounded by stone and foam, where they're, like, cut offline. And they're like, all right, here it is. And they play, and the first, the first two sentences are like, wiretap activated. <laughs> and then they just, like, obliterate their computers. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Don't know if I was that convincing, but... Well, I mean, it's just like a, a paranoia factor. When you're that deep in the government, who knows? Yeah. And it never tells me, like, 
oh, who downloaded this John Smith from Tennessee? Or, like, it just tells me there was a download in Tennessee. That's it. That's the whole information. So my information was like, I got two downloads in Russia. Well, it's a pretty big country, so I don't even know, like, the area of Russia. It could have been super western Russia. It could have been the Middle northmost tip where absolutely no one lives. Who knows? Someone backpacking through? Hmm, I'm gonna listen to this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. People have been like, oh, well, maybe these listeners you have from these weird countries, which I'll get into, like, I have a lot of listeners in a lot of countries, which has been fairly strange. But they're like, maybe they're just Americans traveling through. And I'm like, you think I have 18 unique English-speaking people traveling through the country of Iraq? And people are like, I mean, maybe. And I'm like, that's kind of a big number, especially considering, like, my show is not on the top 10 of anyone's list. Don't know. Other than Podbean at one point in time. That would be a really weird coincidence. Maybe. You don't know. I tried to get them to email me. I said that after one of the episodes. I was like, hey, if you're listening in one of these... Because I have almost all of the Middle Eastern countries now have at least one listener. I was like, hey, if you're in one of these Middle Eastern countries, send me an email. Like, how did you hear about me? And then I didn't get anything. So Aww. I know. It's a bummer. Lame. I know. I don't hear as much as I would like to, I think, from, like, fans. Because I want to just be constantly interacting about the show and, like, what people enjoy and what people don't like and you know, hear from people all the time, but I don't, and it's, I don't know if it's a little bit of a bummer for me. It could be that you're still, like, just so new. I mean, I am very new. The show's been out for, like, four months. Still feels longer. It feels like it's been forever. I think we're into our fifth month, but it's been a wild ride, and I just figured, like, by the time I had a second country, I'd have a lot of people, like, emailing me. Because I thought, again, like 95% of my audience would be in the U.S. And it's not. I think yeah. I'm actually under 50% now. I think most of my audience is international at this point. Hmm. It's really weird. Like, I love it a lot. It makes me giddy inside, but and a little bit on the outside. Uh, but, like, I really enjoyed that. Anyway, uh, let me get Sorry. back to... excuse me. Yawning. I don't think the mic picked it up. I'm going to leave that in where you just randomly apologize for silence. Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> um, while I was talking about uh, following up on guests, I have tried to cut down on my grain because of the cancer episode. Where he's like, if you can cut down on your grain by 50%, you'll pretty much ensure that your cancer risks are very low. And what about like, sugar? Uh, he actually, there. you need to listen to the episodes, babe. You need to listen to the episodes. We talked about sugar. But then this way I can still give you uh, crap about sugar. I have cut down on my sugar. When's the last time you saw sour punch straws in the cabinet? It's been a while. It has been a I while. I did pick up a bunch of, uh, not to throw but lollipop wrappers today. On well, the coffee table. I do enjoy a good Tootsie Pop. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's much less sugar than when I was eating just straight sugar. <laughs> but I'm making healthy changes slowly but surely. But it feels like everything has grain with it. And I know that we talked about in that episode, well, there's a reason. Like, grain is cheap and plentiful, and so we put it in everything. And so even when I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to switch to, like, a higher protein diet. And then you look and everything is, like, breaded. And you're like, well, I don't want to have to spend five minutes out of every meal, like, debreading my chicken or whatever. Might just have to switch the cooking chicken instead of getting the... Yeah, instead of buying chicken. Yeah, buying the uncooked chicken. And then crockpot it. Yeah. Some of that is just, like, my cooking level mixed with my uh, energy level. Because I'm like, I don't want to get up extra early to throw meatballs into a crockpot. 10 minutes that that takes or whatever it is but like still just one of those like oh one more thing to do in my day or you could just put it on before going to bed because then i'm up and i can watch it will you yeah will you yeah okay um let's I mean, it's see. like i'm right around the corner from the kitchen yeah i know right really 
You work in the same general workspace as the kitchen. I know. That's, that's really one of those that's like, not to harp on a good stereotype, but you work pretty close to the kitchen, Dana. <laughs> you laughed and then stared me down. <laughs> yeah, it took me a second. And actually, oh. when I started working from home, I was working from the dining room table. Yeah. Well, that's because you didn't have a desk. Yeah, I know. So you're just like, I'll take it anywhere I can get it. It's because we'd just gone back from Panama. Yeah, we had just, I talked about that story with Carrie, where it's like, we made it back within hours of being stuck out of the U.S. when the the pandemic started, and, uh... Yeah, we flew out that night probably three, four hours before, like, borders and everything were shutting down. Yeah. You want to say? It was real close, because we were supposed to have, like, a 5 a.m. flight, and they said if you're not out by midnight, you're stuck here, and then they end up giving us, like... A 10 p.m. flight. Yeah. We're like, ha ha, it close, guys. Yeah, we're cutting it real close. Like, can we even hop states? And then they let us, luckily, hop states. It was like just after midnight, and they let us get on a plane at LAX and go back to Portland. Yeah. And by that time, my work was like, oh, by the way, we're now working from home. And I'm like, cool. How do I get my stuff from work? Yeah, exactly. And do this weird little, like, almost drug deal. Except for with office supplies. Well, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't touch or talk to anyone without an extreme amount of protection. So you guys just like, you park in the parking lot, I'll come out and drop stuff off, then you take the stuff, and then you get the hell out of here. Pretty much. Exactly what happened. She just like came out, put it by my car, and I got out and threw it in my trunk. And <laughs> through the window just was like, hi, bye. Definitely never saw that coming in my lifetime, doing a drug deal with office equipment. Yeah. That high-end office equipment that you've got. <laughs> yeah, and then turning into a shut-in. Yep, that's happened. Yep. A bit involuntarily, because you are the social butterfly of the two of us. Despite the fact that I have a talk show. <laughs> I know. I'm the one that's like, let's go do this, let's go hang out with a bunch of people. And you're like, or oh, we could stay inside. I'm like, no, we're gonna go hang out with people. And you're like, fine. Yeah. And then now I'm the one that's home 24-7. Literally 24-7. Anyway, um, any other things I followed up on? I wrote a list. I still have regular dental cleanings. Like, There's nothing special I did after hearing the cleaning episode, other than I tried the new fluoride rinse that my mother had mentioned on the show. So it was like, oh, hey, I tried a new flavor. But, like, I still just get my teeth cleaned. It's not like there was anything super crazy behind that. But you also grew up with her and still, like, you've had more cavities. I've never had a cavity. You grew up with a dental hygienist. I also grew up without fluoride in my water. I didn't have fluoride in my water. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you think like when you're forced like... to do things by your parents, you just don't do them anymore. Every kid is forced to brush their teeth. Well, yeah, but not every kid is like forced to brush their teeth several times a day and then rinse and then floss and then get an oral inspection by their mother. Several times a day? Like, what, three? Uh, yeah. Three. Wait, really? Three? Yeah, we were doing them after every meal, because she was trying to enforce good habits, and I hated it. I thought you only need to brush your teeth, like, morning and night. You really only have to brush your teeth once a day. Yeah. But, like, two is, I think, their safe recommendation. But they're like, that's for the general public, because some people are going to have better teeth than others, and some people are going to be able to withstand just one, and some won't. I was also very hard on my teeth. Also, with that being said, I had braces and you didn't. Yeah. So. You had braces. Like a metal shield for your teeth. That doesn't prevent <laughs> cavities. It's not a shield. I, just I mean, it these... at least prevent cavities where the braces are. On top of your tooth. Ca- yeah. You don't get a cavity. Listen to the episode, oh. Dana. <laughs> Learn something for yourself. Uh, What else? I'm still not gambling, so... You've never gambled. I have gambled. I never played slot machines, but I have gone to casinos. Yeah, but, like, you don't serious gamble. Well, no, I have never had a gambling addiction. Or even, like, a trip just to gamble. Like, I've never done that. I have been, like, a convenience gambler where I've spent 20 bucks a couple times at different casinos when I'm there for, like, the food. Never actually gambled at a casino. Really? Yeah. Oh. The first time I gambled was actually in a bar. 
I mean, was it on a machine? Yeah. Still counts. Yeah, it was in a bar, and uh, I put in five bucks, and some guy was like, oh, hey, I'll add in 20. And I got 40 bucks. Hey, there you go. (laughs) That's free money. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty uneventful as far as, like, some of the follow-up stuff, because not every episode needs a follow-up. Like, it's just informational. You know, that it's allowed to be just informational. You don't have to have, like, a call to action in every episode. It's mostly just for people's interests and things they don't know, so you don't have to act on any of it. But I thought it was important to share, like, a follow-up, because I did do an interview with a guy who specializes in shaving, and then I did buy a shaving kit, and I now do shave that way all the time. Your skin, I have to say, does actually look a lot better since you've started doing that. It's a little hairy right now. I haven't shaved, but... But like of notice, because usually you always you had the razor burn. Yeah, it was really bad. And now, like you don't really have that. Actually, yeah. you don't have that at all. Well, I don't like avoid shaving anymore. I used to avoid it. I was like, I'll shave once a week, maybe. I know, and I hated Be- it. Yeah, but it's like because it sucked so bad. Like now every it's... time I was shaving, I was getting razor burn, and I was getting like ingrown hairs. It was really bad. So now I'm shifted over and i don't have that problem so every time i'm around i'm just like oh i could shave right now and then i just do it yeah it's actually that's that's a cool thing for me to see that change of how you would just avoid you would avoid shaving and i would have to bug you about it and be like hey you need to shave then now you're just like i haven't said anything about it i say i don't think you've bugged me since i got a kit so yeah no i haven't and it's handy like those kits weren't I mean, considering the investment you're putting into it, and it comes with, like, four months' worth of stuff, you're really not paying that much for it. And then you get, like, the razors, the handle, the brush, the soap, the aftershave. Like, you get everything in those kits. To me, those things were wildly good investments. I wonder what aftershave would feel like on your armpits. I don't know. Go shave them and try. We can wait. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just a random thought, because I don't have to shave my face, so no reason for me to put it on my face. Yeah. I usually, like, I'm still learning a little bit, and I'm still switching out blades, but, like, my neck is still my most difficult part, as opposed to, like, my cheeks, my chin. Yeah. It's all fine. It's It's an easy learn, but... Still figuring out my, uh, my very tentative neck. Anyway, just the whole point is, like, you don't need to listen to every episode. I've had people tell me, like, oh, I'm behind, and I know I'm behind, and, like, sorry for not listening to these episodes. And I'm like, don't tell me you're sorry for not listening to episodes. Like, you're not supposed to enjoy every episode. If you do, fantastic. Like, you're one of those people that loves to learn. But... Not every episode is going to be interesting for you. Just pick the ones you like. You know, if you want to listen every week just to, like, support me, that's great. And I'd love to talk to people about them, even if they don't care about the topic. I've had people like, well, what was the guest like? And then not care about the topic. And that's fine. You can talk to me about that. I put updates in all the show notes and stuff, but, you know, you don't have to listen to everything. But what you should be doing is sharing these episodes. I do that. I know you do. I've gotten quite a few listeners from you. but like it's I may Im- not listen to your show, but I definitely share it. And it's important that people like share the show, because I've tried a couple of different kinds of advertising now to get the show out there, and like most of them fall flat on their face. Like They're just out-and-out bad advertising. Like It doesn't get you new listeners, it doesn't get you new subscriptions or anything like that. You get some one-offs, maybe. But, like, word of mouth? That's the way to go. It's the most powerful tool out there. So having people like, hey, I enjoyed this show, or hey, you will probably enjoy this show, has been a huge change. And I think that's why, like, when I see... I can see it on the map. When it says, like, oh, this country just started jumping up by this amount... I know that's not just random people finding the show, that's people in the country telling other people about the show. Like, it just has to be, because the stats don't suggest that you can randomly find shows that easily. Yeah. So, 
again, my my soft plea with every episode, please help share this show. Uh, let's see. Do you have any more follow-up? Uh, no, I think that's all the follow-ups. Like I said, there's just, there's some things in there that, like, I don't have any follow-up for. Yeah. You know, like, they didn't need it or anything like that. They're like, long shots. Yeah, long shots was a really good episode, and I really enjoyed talking to him. But, like, it doesn't require any follow-up. There was no action for me to do anything. Ooh, you should get a piercer. Like, someone who does piercings? Yeah. That would be really cool. Do you want me to get yours? I don't have a specific one I go to. Oh. Well, you have a number of piercings, so I figured maybe you had your favorite. No. Yeah, I'd like to get... I'd like to do some of that. Like, again, get a little more to, like, the everyday level. Where it's like talking about piercings, talking about tattoos, things like that. Our buddy who does tattoos is unfortunately absurdly busy and is impossible to get a hold of. So I asked him to go get lunch or something with us the other day and he's like, dude, I'm so packed. I don't even know if I can eat. (laughs) He's a good guy. And I'd love to like have him specifically on the show. Yeah. Otherwise, I know several tattoo artists. It's like I could reach out to other people. I just don't. Because I'm hoping he'll do it. Because he has a lot of really cool stuff to say. I just had the thought because I was messing with one of my earrings. Yeah, quit messing with him. <laughs> that one's fine. It's healed. Mm-hmm. How's your other one? I took it out. Oh. Mm-hmm. It wasn't working out. Oh, well. Uh, okay, what are upcoming shows or guests that you have? Uh, I'm I remiss to talk about like the names of people specifically that are coming on what about topics i'll talk about the topics i just mean like because i've had so many people and not so many like there's a huge number but i've had a handful of them that just like drop out the day before or flake out day of like i've had a handful of interviews where i get on to like our zoom meeting link and then i sit there for about 20 minutes and they never show up and I don't get an email about it. And so I'm just like, well, I guess this guest isn't going to show up today. And then that's like the end of what I hear from them. So I just, I don't want to mention anybody by name because I'm going to jinx it. But like some of the topics coming up are kind of fun. So I can talk to them. What are some of the topics? Let's see. In, yeah, less than 12 hours from now, I have a guy coming on who is like a major business coach. Like he helps other entrepreneurs become super successful. And he is very famous on TikTok. So I won't say his name just in case he drops out. But that's really cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Let's see. I have a holistic healer, a sales psychologist, a guy who does all the work on what actually like pushes sales. Should be fun. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm going to start making t-shirts because I've had a couple people ask about the ones that I've had test printed. So... I'm going to do a couple of those. Ask him how to push those really hard. Um, I also have someone with a really difficult past coming on to discuss, like, her hardships and her road to recovery. Things like that. Like I said, I had 30 people easily email me asking to be on the show. So I've got a lot of stuff kind of coming in on the books, slowly but surely. So there's a lot of stuff coming up, but there's also hundreds of thousands of more I want to do. Yeah. So it's going to be a while. If you really want a topic, I encourage people to like reach out and say like, hey, I'd love to listen to this specific kind of episode. Like I had someone ask me if I would do a religion episode. And I was like, well, I'd love to do a religion series because I don't think I'll ever fit it into one episode. But like, I'd love to have an episode that's Christianity and an episode that's like Judaism and an episode that's like Buddhism and do a series of them. But that requires a lot of organizing and structure and then editing on my part. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what I got going on. Um, I think it's a fun Q&A. We didn't really have anybody drop. We had a couple people drop in live, but nobody that really brought anything up or asked any new questions, so... I think it's fun. We'll have to figure out a good, solid way to do it. And maybe I'll just... We'll have to do another one. Yeah, well, for sure. We'll do another one. I'm also going to start putting episodes together for YouTube that aren't necessarily have video, but they have the audio for them. I'm going to try and start with some of the ones that are harder to hear. And I'm going to do like a lyric video, basically, where I just put subcaptions to everything that we talk about. 
and I might do those as like a premiere on YouTube because YouTube premieres allow you to like get in the chat room and talk to people who are watching it live. So yeah. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Just be like, hey, we're going to do a premiere on Saturday at noon or whatever. Probably not then because I think that's a pretty busy time period for most people. I think so, yeah. But like, you know, a Tuesday night or something. Whichever. Yeah, maybe a Friday night because that's when I don't work. But yeah, I'd love to do one like that and just, you know, get more interaction with people who listen. I think that's my big one that, like, I just miss. Yeah. It's, it's good. I just really miss it. It's turning you into a social butterfly. Well. Through a screen. I won't go that far, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm entering my cocoon. And I'm hoping to never come out. Anyway, if you're listening, remember, go rate the show. Five stars on iTunes. If you write a little something, it's immensely helpful. If you listen to this on Spotify, right below the follow button, which is right above the episodes, there's just a little star thing as a button. If you click on that, you can give us a quick five-star rating. It really helps promote the show, and it is two seconds of your time, maybe. You know, it's just literally click-click, and you're done. So that would really help the show. Otherwise, I'm looking forward to doing some more episodes and putting out more stuff for people to hear. we got some traveling going on. I know I've got Georgia locked down from like the 11th to the 16th, 14th, something like that. I'll have to look back at my thing, but uh, since I'm doing this live, I'll just off the top of my head do that. Um, I know I was asked to come down to Texas around the 11th to like the 15th or something. I don't know how that time period's going to work, but we'll see. And then if you're from any of those areas, hit me up and we'll go do something. Just have fun. It's, it's been a lot of fun to do that with people who like enjoy the show. So I'd love to just keep growing like a really honest, sincere, and enjoyable audience. Anyway, until the next time. Bye-bye. Bye.